Hello and welcome to the Crack Beer Community Podcast. I'm your host Brian and in this episode of the Industry Spotlight I'll be joined by Leah Kilcullen, Marketing Coordinator at Whiplash. What began as a side project for Alan Wolfe and Alex Laws back in 2016 has now grown into one of Ireland's most recognised breweries with Whiplash making waves in both the domestic and the international beer scene for the past several years. While both already working in the industry themselves, Alan and Alex began contract brewing and releasing single batch small releases for fun. These beers were met with universal acclaim and by 2017 the pair had left their jobs in order to focus on Whiplash full time. 2019 saw them complete the build of their own custom-designed brew house in Ballyfermot in Dublin and begin to expand their crew. This is where Leah comes in. Leah has been the marketing coordinator at Whiplash since 2020. She looks after a whole range of activities at Whiplash, from the day-to-day marketing such as managing their social media accounts and putting together the newsletter, to looking after their e-commerce site and beer festival coordination. She's also instrumental in the running of Fidelity Beer Festival. I sit down with Leah in the Big Romance Bar on Capel Street to hear all about her story to date with Whiplash and what her day-to-day looks like. I begin by asking her to introduce herself and to tell us a little bit about her role. Great, thanks for having me Brian. Um, Yeah, nice to be here in the bar, definitely one of my favourite bars in Dublin. Um, So I'm Leah, I work at Whiplash, Um, I'm the marketing coordinator, um, which is probably quite a specific title for someone who does quite a broad role. I would say anyone who's worked in a marketing or sales role within a small company or a small brewery uh, will know that sometimes uh, you end up doing some other things, uh, which I actually love and uh, definitely keeps me interested and busy. Um, the main sort of things that I would do um, in terms of like our social media would be um, creating content, managing th- those accounts. We get a lot of um, messages to those accounts, um, anything from, hey, I tried a beer last week can you tell me what it was? Um, so we tried to help them, <laughs> those people out um, a lot. Um, people visiting Dublin, looking for somewhere to drink our pints, um, down to like asking about artwork and stuff, which is always really nice to get. Um, I also look after things like our newsletter. Um, I do a bit of e-commerce as well. Um, it's actually kind of how I ended up in the job full-time. Um, I started off part-time just to kind of help out with social media at the the middle of the pandemic, August 2020. Um, but within kind of two months, um, a space had popped up on the team for someone to actually look after the online shop as well. So I was really happy to take that on and it brought me to uh, taking on the role full time, which was really, really nice. Um, so I suppose out of a bad uh, start, I, I wasn't working before and then pandemic and then trying to find another job in the drinks industry um, to be able to kind of bump that up from a part time job to a full time job was was really great. Okay, very good. So then tell us a little bit about Whiplash then, uh, the brewery itself. So what's the what's the story there? Yeah, so uh, the brewery was founded initially in 2016 um, and it's changed a lot since then. Um, so Alan and Alex met while working at another brewery, uh, still a craft brewery, but um, with a much larger output. Um, so they were doing uh, much different kind of work than they are today um, now. Um, so um big range of core beers, making beers for other people. Um, so I suppose the interest in Whiplash came when Alex just kind of wanted to do something a bit different and maybe make some different types of beers that they weren't able to make in that company. Um, both had obviously big, strong industry backgrounds in beer. Um, so they ended up coming together to do this kind of side weekend project and uh, they were making the beers on the weekends and evenings, put them out and people really loved them. Um, so 
couple of years of doing that contract brewing, like you could pick up cans that were made in Barcelona, Dundalk, Dublin, from anywhere. Uh, they finally sat down and said, I think we have to build a brewery. <laughs> so um, that went into commission in November 2019, which is kind of uh, the, the second phase of the company, I guess. Um, so they went from a team of just the two of them to now uh, a full team of 12, including uh, cellar brewers, hot side brewers, packaging team, uh, myself, and then um, Alan, who does sales as well. Um, so I suppose that overall we've been around since 2016, but that growth period after 2019 has been quite, uh, quite big, even though in the middle of it, an entire shutdown happened. But um, yeah, so um, I think we're up to over 100 beers now, which is just something that you couldn't do in a smaller, um, sorry, in a bigger type brewery, just to be able to put out something new every couple of weeks, um, just because you want to. Um, So you touched on, you said you're marketing coordinator Mm -hmm. at Whiplash. Um, You kind of gave us a little bit of overview of of what you do, but um, a lot of different roles obviously (laughs) encompassed within that. But uh, give us a little insight into your day to day then. What would you be kind of working on on a a normal day, we'll say? Yeah, Um, so it could be anything from um, shooting content for our new beers. So we do everything in-house, whether it's... um, dragging my fellow team into pose with some cans or pour some drinks for me uh, for a picture or a video um, all of our e-com pictures that's all done on site so I might be taking pictures or editing them and getting them out to our distros so we're exporting to I think up to 19 countries now so um, especially the the start of the month when we have our um, plan for for all brewing completely nailed down it's getting that info to them uh, on time um, managing uh, the social accounts whether it's um scheduling posts or running ads or things like that um, we also get a lot of queries about um, like sponsorship or events stuff like that. that that'd be something that especially now in the last kind of six months has really come uh, b- back to life which is nice um, and of course festival coordination <laughs> sending my colleagues all around the world to uh, pour some beer that uh, in summer that actually is quite full on okay very good yeah uh, you mentioned getting pestered about events as well. That's usually me as well. I come <laughs> and say, no. Happy to do it, happy to do it. You know what, it's actually nice. I think um, before, when it was just um, Alan Alex, you know, those things, as much as you would want to do them, you might not either have A, someone to actually take the time to figure out what the event is. Can we do it? Is it going to be good for us? Um, to having someone actually able to go. But now we have a team of people who are so happy to go out and like talk to people about beer. And uh, we, we tend to share it between... Um, a group of us which is quite nice yeah I'm glad you mentioned the beer festivals because it's something I wanted to, to bring up um, you seem to get invited to every single beer festival under the sun uh, we're not even going to talk about Fidelity yet we'll come to that later we'll on get to that. yeah absolutely yeah but like how do you how do you manage that like you must have to say no to a lot of festivals do you um, we do unfortunately and we, we, can, we can't do them all for tons of reasons yeah. um, I think there was one week the June Bank holiday we actually had team members at three different festivals on the same weekend so the festival's taking place on a Friday, Saturday. Like, realistically, they're gone from Thursday. They might not be back till Monday. So it, it's more than just the day. Um, so we, we try to look at the calendar throughout the year. And there's some that we know happen the same weekend every year that we will absolutely not miss. Like, things like Hop City and Leeds, like, is forever in the calendar. As long as we're invited, we are going to be there. Um, if it's it, past kind of friends festivals and friends in the industry and people who come to our festivals and people that, you know, we genuinely want to spend three or four days with um in a big exhibition center um like that has to be part of it as well like it has to be fun um it might come down to do we sell beer in that market how much do we sell in that market um are we actually gonna be able to like kind of get some 
wider positive as opposed to just handing beer out to customers is like always endlessly fun but it's rotten we can grow out of that whether it's meeting our distros or um imp- importers there and even just like um just touching base with people it can be to- totally worth going for the weekend just to grab a minute with someone uh, but sometimes you know you do kind of have to look at the bigger picture like, is the value there for us yeah absolutely yeah. and it's something that we've lost quite a lot of the last few years that relationship building being able to, to just meet people face to face makes such a difference like it really does definitely definitely yeah okay then so um then touching on your background then have you always worked in marketing and marketing in beer or beer or what, what what's been the, the story today sort of a combination of all of that um so i started off working in pr and um, i worked actually in fashion and um, that's what i wanted to do and the agency that i went looking for work in um, was known for fashion brands so i was really happy to get my foot in there Um i loved it when i worked with like really big online fast fashion brands, which I know is a dirty word now, but at at the time was everything I wanted to do. Um, But from working in an agency, um, I was able to work on some other brands that I um, hadn't even thought of that I wanted to work with, um, mainly whiskey. Um, And that's really where that kind of love of the drinks industry came from, especially um, like from an Irish um, place that like, I just love that it was a local product to be proud of. Um, so I started off kind of helping out someone on those accounts and then eventually those accounts uh, came to me full time. Um, I just had this absolute love for the drinks industry and all the people that were in it. Um, took some time off in gin in the middle and then eventually uh, made my way to beer. So I'm just working through the list of booze, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find all the good jobs. Very nice. <laughs> um, well, you kind of touched on, you kind of answered my next question, but what, what is it that drew you to the industry? And then I suppose what kept you in there as well? Yeah, um, so I didn't work over the pandemic. Um, Unfortunately, the job I had was no longer there. Um, And I really, really, really wanted to stay in the drinks industry. And just as the months went on, like my heart just sank. I just thought that events are going to be gone. Marketing budget is going to be slashed. People aren't going to be hiring anyway. Like this is, it was a fun five years, but maybe it's time to try something else. Um, and then the job at Whiplash came up and it was just perfect timing. I could not have been happier. Um, like I've been drinking the beer since it came out. Um, so it was really nice to actually uh, get involved. Um, what's kept me in, um, I like how varied it is. Um, when you're working, like the whiskey brands I worked with were big global brands. So you're talking a new product once every 18 months, maybe that could have been in development and project management for like three years and like we put out four to six beers a month so it's just completely different pace (laughs) and it's kind of nice not to have to go through 20 different rungs of approval to get one thing done Uh, so that's really nice um i love the people that i work with and there's obviously a travel opportunity with all the festivals which is really nice for me personally um and i like that like beer is a bit more I don't want to say an everyday product. I don't mean every day is and drink it every day. I mean just like a day-to-day kind of thing that you would do as opposed to premium spirits, which are very like built around occasions and gifting and um, special items, whereas beer is a bit more a bit more for everyone. Yeah, I think that's what I absolutely love about beer in general. Yeah. The beer industry is like not everyone can afford the most expensive bottle of whiskey or yeah. spirits, but pretty much anyone can yeah. splash out and you can really treat yourself to get yeah, yeah to get like the most apparently premium beer of all time you can you can it's probably within reach you know yes like yes. it's so it's that's a nice thing about the industry i think Definitely. okay so it's coming out obviously and as you're talking your passion for it you love it <laughs> but what do you love about what you do um i have to say what makes it like so easy to go into work every day is definitely just um the team that i work with um i found 
I don't know if it's just this company or if it's the beer industry in general, but um, in other similar roles, I found a gap between production and marketing and sales. Um, that was never really bridged in some places. Um, so it's really nice to be able to work closely with the breweries, like what's in production? Why are we excited about it? Why is, like, I, I love beer, but I'm not, um, I'm not a brewer. Um, not yet anyway, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that to the experts. Um, but uh, to, to, to be involved at that level um, is really nice and really exciting for me. Um, as opposed to in other places, you know, you're two weeks before launch, you just get a pack. This is what it is, this is how it came about, but um, you kind of get to see it from start to finish. Um, and I, I, I love sharing that as well with the team. Um, so they might have packaged a beer three weeks ago and three weeks later, I'm able to tell them that, oh, it's selling really well in Japan or they loved it in Norway. Um, so it's really nice to bring that feedback all the, all the way around as well. It's, it's a very positive environment, I would say. Yeah, very good. That's nice. And it's nice to work so closely with the, the production side and the marketing side, as you said. Yeah, yeah. It, you hear criticisms of other industries that it's the product is invented by the marketing department and then, you know, someone has to go and find out how to do it. But exactly. it's, it's nice you're working hand <laughs> yeah. in hand. Like, you know. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think the mantra definitely for Riplash is we make the beer that we want to drink yeah. um, and then, you know, we hope other people like it too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, people do, clearly. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, I think Fidelity. I think it's time to talk about it. Oh, um, Fidelity. For the, maybe the, the one listener who hasn't heard of Fidelity, <laughs> uh, could you please explain what it is? Um, it is, I think, the biggest international beer festival um, in Ireland in terms of the volume of breweries coming from outside Ireland to uh, visit and pour. Um, we really pride ourselves in picking out breweries that you can't go to even the most specialised off-licence to get their beer. So it's something really interesting to if for someone who loves beer that they'll be able to find something that they've never had or never tried or a brewery they've never even heard of even better. Um, so I actually volunteered at the first Fidelity um, we got a call from a friend who was working at it and saying, look, we need a few spare hands on deck. Uh, if you want a ticket, you may help. So <laughs> off we went um, and it was fantastic. I loved it. And then this time around uh, to actually be involved in the org- uh, org- organization was just amazing. And they'd announced it in 2020, didn't go ahead, announced it 2021. That was pushed back. So there, there's a lot of uh, buzz around us, I suppose, this one. Um, I suppose in terms of the concept, like it's just one ticket, there's no tokens, there's no cash. Uh, once you're in, you're in. We definitely uh, try to try to in- encourage people to sample at their pace, take breaks, try something different. You know, it's not about, oh, I can have this many beers for this price. You know, it's definitely more about a wider beer uh, experience and music and fun and chat to people, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's amazing you said that because you think the Irish mentality at the open bar at the wedding it's like it's, it's like <laughs> how do we I get three hours yeah. this much how many beers yeah. can I get we have to get it as, as quickly as possible or as many as possible but um, yeah. at Fidelity it, it absolutely is not the case it's no. the, like it's one of the most respectful drinking environments I've ever experienced like. yeah yeah like, there's never been like any issue at all and I think people the people who are buying the tickets like it's 70 euro like it's not something you might choose to do on a whim um, they know that the value isn't necessarily the amount of mills but it's the fact that it was barrel aged for three years somewhere in an amazing cask or something like that. Some, something interesting that they're not going to be able to try. Like, that's the value that we see and um, people who come uh, seem to get that as well. Yeah, very good. Um, highlights to date then? You've been with mm. them a couple of years two now? Years, two yeah. years, so. I think Fidelity was definitely a highlight. Um, it was really great just to kind of throw the shutter open for two days and just have all these people that I'd been hearing about for the last two years, like, oh, our 
great brewer friends in this place or that place and just been able to throw the doors open, have them in. We basically had an open house for two days before the festival. Um, so some of that was just kind of hanging out and tours and showing people around. Um, part of that was also brewing. So we had like Finback, Cerebral um, in who, you know, they're coming from the States. It's, it's not something we can organise quickly or off the cuff. So that was really exciting for us to, 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 to have them in. And anytime we do something like that, it's it has to be for fun and even better we have to learn something from it and like we when we do a, a beer with someone else you know we're thinking okay they, they make amazing lagers we should make a lager with them so that we can learn something about that you know it's, it's all about collab like it, it's there the word it's not just sticking two people's names on the label and going oh cool yeah. <laughs> um so that was really great uh, for me um Beyond the Pale uh, was really amazing. So a music festival that we um, supplied the bars for. So it was the first kind of festival of that calibre and size in Ireland to have local independent beer on tap. And the feedback we just got was amazing, which was really nice that people were going up to a bar expecting to see three or four options um, that they would expect at a festival and been presented with locally made bar, uh, beer at the bar. Um, and that, that was just really, really cool for us really nice um i suppose it's it was a big undertaking and it was uh to the line in terms of like you wanted it to look amazing so uh yeah that was a lot of work but definitely a highlight <laughs> brilliant um so then we spoke in highlights it can't be all rosy all the time <laughs> have we have we had any uh disaster stories mm, no one told me how cold breweries are <laughs> when i started my first winter there i was like "Ooh, that's chilly <laughs> you can actually feel the difference on a day that we're not brewing like the heat from the tanks um no there's been no like bad low lights i mean i think anyone who works in any sort of drinks or that type of thing the, the glass cup beers they've just been absolutely insane there's been no there's been no let up and now this year we're going into like a very serious energy crisis in terms of shipping that's gone through the roof as well so like I was saying earlier that we're on like stage two of a launch almost in if you take from when we opened the actual brewery has been like a second launch and um, there's been no like normal year and no no year will be normal but we've been really thrown <laughs> some really crazy things and um, so maybe next year uh, it'll even even out a bit but um yeah like we've been happy with how we've come through the, the side of it but uh, it, it'd be nice to have a, a relaxing few months maybe next year mm. <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath I don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant <laughs> so then in terms of let's say someone's having to listen to this and they say like I've always wanted to get into the drinks industry mm-hmm. I love I have marketing my background or yeah. something like that like what sort of advice would you give to people who would be looking to to maybe yeah get into the industry in some way yeah, I think um, it's a horrible word, but networking really does help. Um, getting involved in things like crack events, you know, you meet so many people. There's so many people who go to those who work in the industry. They're not like they're going because they want to go, not just because they work in the industry. You know, they're they're great events. Um, even things like LinkedIn. I know it's such a horrible word, but like um, for sales and marketing, you know, it is important. It does work. Um, network, make friends with people, um, connect. Um, I think. If you're interested in like content or digital or marketing, um, seek out agencies as opposed to directly the companies, um, like the actual breweries, um, especially for like the, the much kind of bigger, I'm talking about like macro, um, macro breweries here, but um, 
like they would have agency so maybe you're not working on that really cool drinks brand all the time but it's could it could be a really nice way in a good way to meet people a good way to get the industry um there's loads of like silly things that like you'll never learn in college in marketing like copy clear and content creation about like uh what's allowed in terms of not law but like regulation in terms of advertising alcohol um that kind of thing um that you could really do well in an, in an agency to kind of find that kind of stuff out and um, like the jobs might not be rampant, but there's definitely other ways in. Sure. Okay. And then in terms of a skill set that people require, mm-hmm. what would be what are the keys to success in the role really? What what does a pe- what does a person need to, to be able to do essentially? Yeah, I think um, coming from a small company background, um, flexibility <laughs> is definitely key. Um, being ready to to take on whatever comes your way. Um, like I've learned to use Photoshop and special thanks to Alex for teaching me how to do that um, on the job and things like that. Like I'm not a photographer, I'm not a videographer, but there's a lot you can learn to do. Um, I think um, a good understanding of the industry as a whole and not just like your particular interest in beer or drinks, um, like understanding how drinks are sold on trade, off trade, online. There's so many different paths that if you're working in marketing, you might be marketing to your consumer one day or your distros the next day or to an off-license group the next time. So quite like a broad um, kind of scope at how the industry actually works. Um, definitely knowing what's going on in other countries. Um, Ireland is obviously has an amazing craft beer scene, but it wouldn't be as advanced as, say, the UK. Um, so it's definitely important to keep uh, a bit of knowledge about, like, they might be six months ahead on a trend and it might fall here eventually and um, that kind of thing. So at the moment we're enjoying some some lovely pints of uh, Rollover, one of your core beers. Yeah, um, one of my favourites. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay. That, that that brings it up then. So do you do you have a favourite in the, the, the Whiplash oh, range or a favourite beer style in general? I think my favourite Whiplash beer is Water Jump uh, IPA, which we put out a couple of times a year. Um, it just never fails to taste amazing. Um Slow Life is coming back now, the Nitro Stay, which is really great. Obviously, we don't uh, can Nitro products, so it's a really nice one when it comes back around in the winter to go into a pub and get a pint. Uh, if I'm not drinking Whiplash, um, has to be a Scraggy Bay. Yeah, if yeah. I see it on tap, I'm absolutely having it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no question about that. Um, I've, I've tried so many beer styles, though, in the last two years that I had never even heard of, or I knew maybe like the parent style, but not that it came in 20 other different types. Like... Um, We've won out now, Dark Steering, it's a Schwartz beer, and I'd never had a black lager before. And I was just blown away that it had the look of like a much thicker, viscous beer, and I tried it, and I was like, oh my God, but it's a lager. I'm so confused. Um, so yeah, I definitely, those kind of secondary favourites change all the time, because I'm like, oh, I've never had one of those before. Oh, I'll try that. <laughs> <laughs> Trying everything is important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned Slow Life, uh, the Nitro Stout. So that is available here in the big romance I believe um, it is it's in yes. a few select select pubs and bars yeah, around the place yeah so um, we do kind of make it only in the winter months we did a batch of it in the summer for the music festival which was really nice uh, to have um, but yeah you should find it somewhere like here Dudley's on Thomas Street Bonobo um, in Smithfield those, those kind of places um, yeah it's such a crack and beer it's so <laughs> simple I love it Um but uh, yeah, like we've got some other night nitro stuff coming as well uh, for the winter, so it'll be oh. coming out very soon. Interesting. So mm-hmm. well, that that leads us very nicely then to, to future plans. So mm-hmm. I'll ask what's coming down the line. Well, maybe for yourself personally, and also yeah. with, uh, Whiplash as well. Yeah, I suppose with myself, um, 
like I'm always watching, especially social media, like it's changing so much. And in terms of um, consumer privacy, it's changing a lot. Like on Apple phones now, you can hit one button and you're not being tracked at all, which is great for a, con a, a, a consumer. But um, it does affect uh, like the value of our spend because we're not really getting accurate. Um, we, we don't really know exactly who's hitting what anymore, um, which is fine um, and good, I think, overall for data protection but um so it's finding other ways to kind of to communicate people whether that's in-person events our newsletter is something that is very dear to me i love it very much um you know it's you're getting to people who have explicitly said i want to hear from you which is really nice um so i'm always building on that kind of stuff like how do we reach people outside like um the more standard channels or how can we do that better uh, to get more return i guess um in terms of us, we've got loads of great beers coming for Christmas. We will have loads of great, uh, like, selection boxes, I guess, coming up, but, like, loads of different styles. We've got tons of dark beers coming back, which is always really exciting. Um, Fatal, of course, will be making its annual reappearance, <laughs> especially for Christmas. Um, but I suppose the most exciting is uh, that we are opening a bar. Um, hopefully, by the time this podcast comes out, you'll know a bit more about it. Um, but it's ourselves and... Um, our good friends here at, a, at a, the Big Romance. Um, so it's not a whiplash tap room. It's not this bar part two. Uh, it's a whole new thing. Um, so we're really excited about that. Like we'll have obviously tons of amazing beer um, from ourselves and our friends and like every drink that's in there will be will be amazing. Like nothing has been left to chance. Like this is going to be hopefully the best tap list in town. Excellent. We've got an exclusive here, have we? Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Only for you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to thank Leah for taking the time to join us, and I'd like to thank you for listening. Leah's passion for her job is evident from chatting with her, and that, coupled with her strong skill set and experience across different drinks categories, means she is truly excellent at what she does. You can learn more about Whiplash and pick up some of their beers directly through their e-commerce website at whiplashbeer.com. Their beers are also widely available through many different retailers, with a list of stockists also available on their website. The beer community in Ireland is an amazing space full of so many fantastic people. At Crack, we aim to champion independent brewers and everyone else involved in the independent beer scene and support them as best we can. If you'd like to learn more about Crack, you can get involved in the beery discussion at crack-beer-community.ie. It's free to join and always will be. You can also check us out on Twitter, at Crack Community, and on Instagram, at Crack Beer Community. As a final note, if you enjoyed the podcast, then please feel free to rate it, and also subscribe to stay up to date with all of our new releases. So that's it for now. Thanks again for listening, and Slauncha. <laughs>